the muzzleloaders.com podcast, your source for all things muzzleloading. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Muzzleloaders podcast. Uh, very excited to have Caleb back on. Caleb is a regular around here, so if you've been watching the podcast, I'm sure you're acquainted with him. Uh, we also are welcoming Colton uh, for the first time to our podcast, and uh, Colton has been working here for a while. He actually recently started in customer service, and uh, so Colton, why don't you go ahead and just introduce yourself? Uh, well, as you heard, my name is Colton. Uh, I've been working in customer service here for, oh, going on uh, several months now, and uh really starting to enjoy it and enjoy what we do with muzzle loaders and how we help our customers and excited to be here. Awesome. Yeah. And I know Colton, uh, Colton and I have had lots of conversations. We both have a passion for guns. Um, but Colton recently just shot a muzzle loader for the first time. Uh, you know, when he started working yeah. at the company and so we kind of want to talk about that experience that spurred on, uh, some things that we want to talk about because we want to give information to you all that is helpful. And so if you're just thinking about getting into muzzle loading or if you're new to it, then there's going to be a lot of stuff in here that's going to be beneficial as far as uh, tips and tricks, information. We're also going to talk about Colton's experience at the range with various different types of muzzle loaders. Um, also, if you're a veteran, you know, stick around. There's probably going to be some things. It's always good to review the basics, you know, uh, probably some good stuff there that you can glean from too. So um, the first thing that I want to talk about is I guess we're going to just dive right into the range day. So we had a range day was it uh, sometime in last month? Yep. Um, and uh, basically brought you and a lot of the guys out from here because we want to try and do, uh, we try to do pretty regular range days here to mm -hmm. make sure that people are familiar with the products, the new products coming out, all that fun stuff. Um, and so Colton, uh, why don't you tell me a little bit about the, your range experience? You know, uh, what what was it like shooting a muzzleloader for the first time? So getting to get hands-on with a muzzleloader was a pretty different experience than what I was used to. Mm -hmm. Um you know, I didn't, it's very ritualistic. I think when it comes to getting, getting started with a muzzle loader, there's a lot of prep work, at mm -hmm. least with the range, uh, of setting up your bags, getting all your equipment out so that you can do follow-up shots and cleaning really easily. And, and yeah. by the time we were even set up to shoot, we had stuff all over the tables <laughs> yep. that we had to draw from. I mean, we had a, a range rod totally assembled, ready to go and, and patches that were out and pre-soaked and, yeah. And, it was just a lot of getting things together and getting to shoot them. Shooting them was great. Mm -hmm. It, it, you know, it's unlike shooting a center fire rifle. It does feel a lot more organic the mm -hmm. way you have to put it all together. And then, yeah. uh, you know, the, ex the ignition of the powder and everything doesn't feel as much of a machine mm -hmm. as some of mm -hmm. some center fire rifles do. Yeah. That's cool. I mean, it is, it is like, you know, talk about recoil. You talk about just the overall experience. It's much different than shooting center fire mm -hmm. and it's, it's really fun. I, I think that shooting a muzzleloader, it's adds that technical aspect of instead of just loading a shell into the chamber, yeah, you're having to load the powder down the barrel and you're having to load the bullet and everything. It's just a super fun experience. And so, uh, you know, Caleb as, as Colton's supervisor, yeah. um, what, uh, what were some of the things that you were trying to teach and like, because uh, really the best way to learn is to teach. So yeah. as you're teaching Colton, uh, why don't we go ahead and just teach our listeners? Like what is what were you teaching him about specifically? Sure. Well, obviously, you know, just overall gun safety mm -hmm. is my most important thing. And even when you're using a muzzleloader, there's a lot more or less moving parts like what you said, Colton, and we'll get into that in a, in a little bit. But yeah, just going, you know, making sure all of your 
your stuff is out, you're cleaning all of your accessories, your, you know, gun pointed down range, make sure you have your primers, your powder in a safe mm-hmm. location. Um, and then, you know, just handing it off and slowly going, okay, now you're going to very carefully measure your powder out, um, to avoid spillage. And there's always the first time, you know, you went very slow, meticulous, which is great. Cause it's like, there is a lot of unknowns and mm-hmm. it's like, this is black powder and there's always, it, you know, it could ignite, which it won't, but you know, you always think that. And then, um, you know, you have the powder in your barrel, you have the bullet in your barrel and you're lined up. It's like, once you put the primer in, you know, you're ready to go. So it's like, mm-hmm. you know, calming yourself. Now I'm going to take that first shot, put the primer in, you're ready and then fire. So I don't know, just, I, I would say if you're just starting out, just take it slow. Yeah. Just take it nice and slow and, Cut, check go through that mental checklist because you you do not want to run into double loading mm-hmm. you don't want to have any gap in between the bullet and the powder dry ball yeah a dry ball <laughs> and it's very easy to do those things if you're getting in that like weird that routine like if you were you know just going with your centerfire rifle you need to make sure you're meticulous every single time you load and every single time you shoot yeah um because if you're just not paying attention and you know doing your thing you can easily run into a situation like that so yeah I completely agree and I think that the first the first tip of the day I guess if you wanted to say that is make sure you're organized because organization is really important especially when you're dealing with muzzle loading because there are more procedures that you have to go through rather than when you're shooting center fire you have to make sure that you do everything correctly procedurally and as long as you do that it's completely safe you know but you just want to make sure that you're paying attention so what I do usually when I'm out and I've have more experience, you know, mm-hmm. but even especially for beginners is lay out your materials on a bench. So I have like a bench that I'm shooting off of, and then I have my materials bench mm-hmm. and I like to lay the materials out in order of, uh, I guess operations. So sure. like, you know, you, you start with, you know, your powder measure or so like I'll have my powder and then I'll lay out the powder measure and then I'll lay out, um, you know, the projectile and then the cap. So it's like, I just work my way down the line mm-hmm. And that way I don't miss any of the steps um, because it's super easy. I mean, even experienced people will ma- make mistakes oh, all the time. Yeah. And so uh, it just really helps to make sure you're organized because uh, when you have just stuff strewn across all the benches, you know, if you have a cluttered <laughs> desk, you know, your mind is going to be cluttered too. So, yeah, absolutely. And so, like, I guess, Colton, what uh, we had a bunch of different muzzle, muzzle loaders out there that day, uh, including some of the you know new exciting ones. Which, which yeah. one of those was uh, – most exciting and which one was like one of the ones that you were just more you know it was more uh more what you were expecting i suppose more like center fire mm. boy there were a lot of different options out there and i i personally got started on the nitro fire which mm-hmm. is kind of a weird muzzle loader to get started with because it's yeah. not like any other <laughs> yeah. muzzle loader the way it loads it's a little powder charge from the breech instead of you know pouring powder down the barrel and excuse me they're quite a bit more snappy than Mm. i was expecting Mm. uh, out of them and it it intimidated me to be quite honest i was expecting a lot more manageable gun i don't know what i was thinking it's a 50 caliber and you're still (laughs) (laughs) you're still having an explosion in it and there's no muzzle break so Mm -hmm. uh it it kind of warmed me up real quick to the way the day was going to be the most exciting muzzle loader by far is the paramount for me Mm. just Mm, the amount of recoil and power that that Mm -hmm. gun has uh, and the fact that it can reach out as far as it can yeah, uh, was very exciting to me. I like mm-hmm. long range shooting. That's kind of a hobby on the side. So 
Uh, I really wanted to get to shoot the Paramount, but I would highly recommend the muzzle brake on that thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> uh, to make it to, to make it more continually shootable. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And I was I was you know I was telling you guys before you know, I was like this is gonna kick like or more than a seven mag you know so be prepared because <laughs> if you're prepared for it i mean recoil is usually manageable yeah but if you're going to spend a long day at the range or i mean if you're putting 15 rounds down range you're going to definitely the muzzle brake makes a huge difference so. yeah well even for me i you know i've been shooting the in the brake action models mm-hmm. for a long time and so yeah went out again with the paramount and then we were using the magnum load which i think was right at 160 grains yep. of blackhorn because it was the 45 cal mm-hmm. and it even surprised me like you, you videoed me and just blew, blew me back and <laughs> yeah. oh my goodness that was crazy because we did not have the muzzle brake on there but right. but yeah if it's like you don't know what to expect if you've never shot that as much because yeah like you said you can you can expect what the recoil is but if you've never shot something with that high of a magnum charge, you know, the first time you shoot it, you're like, okay, now I know. Yeah. Right. Now I can manage it. So it's kind exactly. of taking that leap, <laughs> that first shot really um, lets you know a lot about what you're shooting. So Exactly. And another thing about the Nitro Fire and the Paramount is you have really mm-hmm. consistent ignition. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think we had any hang fires or anything like that with those no. because, you know, they're just very finely tuned. Uh, but Colton really got the full spectrum when it came to it was a it was a very uh, enlightening day because we also had some side locks out there and uh, I mean anybody that shot a side lock and an inline mm-hmm. knows that the ignition isn't quite as consistent. Usually number eleven percussion caps are pretty consistent, um, but on this particular day we had one that we'd put a lot of rounds through and um, you know trying to create that experience and Colton actually got to experience a hang fire. Um, so why don't, <laughs> why don't we talk a little bit about that? Well, I really didn't like it. I can tell you that. (laughs) Pulling the trigger, hearing the bang of the percussion cap, but then no recoil and nothing happening with the gun. uh, Very unsettling. Mm -hmm. You know, I I maintain my rifles personally to the point where I've never had that happen. Mm. And I don't ever want that to happen. Yep. uh, Because I expect things to respond the way they're supposed to when I use them. Yep. Uh, So it, it was very unsettling for me. And... I'm glad I had you guys there mm-hmm. because I needed a little bit of hand holding for, <laughs> you know, okay, keep the gun down range and yep, just hang yep. on because it, it could still go off and I'm sitting there shaking, and, you know, <laughs> holding heavy. tight, ready yeah, for yeah. it. It's a big, heavy gun. And so uh, <laughs> it was a little, little nerve wracking. I actually, I wanted to answer uh, one of your previous questions was what gun expected, uh, responded the way I expected it to. Mm. And I think that would be the wolf actually. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. The wolf was very, very shootable. Huh. And what what about it was, uh, did you enjoy? You know, the whole process of breaking the gun open, swabbing it in between shots, getting it cleaned. Uh, we were shooting, or we shot a different range of loads, but uh, primarily around the 100 uh, grain uh, load. And that mm-hmm. was ideal. Mm-hmm. And I could keep shooting it. The recoil was good. It was fun. I had plenty of bullets to shoot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't have to worry about being short on powder. So that was, yeah. that was really yeah. enjoyable. Yeah, and that's that's like that's the fun range where you're able to shoot, you know, like a 250 grain bullet. You got 100 grains of powder, and you can just go all day, you know. And it's easy to clean. You know, you have the removable breech yeah. plug and all that stuff. Um, and kind of on the the hang fire aspect, because that can really happen with any muzzleloader, um, just because of the nature of them. How you know what is like Caleb and and Colton? What is the recommendation? for hang fire procedures because if you're a first timer like imagine you had just bought a muzzleloader and you went out for your first time by yourself and that that happened you know obviously a pretty uh, nerve-wracking experience 
what is the recommendation that we have for for that procedure so yeah like you said it doesn't matter if it's a um just your standard inline muzzleloader or the percussion or flintlock you can always experience a hang fire um I, I would say that the biggest thing is if you can confirm that the primer or the cap has went off is to just wait mm -hmm. and and still tuck it under your shoulder so you have a good brace because um, you don't know if that if the fire from the primer is still churning in you know churning in there and mm -hmm. is going to ignite or it's a slow burn so you want to make sure that you are at least holding you know some say up to a minute uh, of just waiting tight against your shoulder like expecting it to fire just in just in case the powder does snap yeah. off and go um and yeah like you you did a good job colton because i was there when when you experienced the hang fire you were you seemed very calm and collected like you had it up there you were waiting and so that's just the big thing is just just stay calm um because after a minute passes yep. you know it, it's fairly certain that it's not going to go off yeah um so from there you know we um I forgot what we did with yours. Um, I think we just went to another cab, but like for an inline uh, muzzleloader, for example, like break it open, you know, mm -hmm. take the, the primer out. I know with the, like a CVA, for example, or traditions, you can easily take the breech plug out. Um, it, I guess it depends on what you want to do because you can shoot again. If mm -hmm. the powder didn't go off, the powder is still viable. So you might just need to put another cap or another primer in yeah. and set it off. And that should, you know, push the the powder to burn so it can just be a bad cap as well i mean that's sure. always yeah. that's always an option yeah if you wait 60 seconds and you still don't it still hasn't gone off you're you're safe to manipulate the fire you know the the muzzleloader and yeah. whether you want to try another cap after two of the same then it might be worth and doing some further investigation yeah. perhaps there was some kind of moisture contamination one thing that happens frequently is if you're cleaning between shots like we recommend yeah we always recommend doing a wet and too dry because if you don't follow up with those dry patches, sometimes solvent will be left in there. Yeah. And that can cause moisture contamination, which will uh, occasionally cause that kind of, uh, you know, hang fire or misfire. So um, definitely recommend using those dry patches and, uh, you know, if possible, even remove the breech plug because if mm -hmm. you get, sometimes you get moisture that'll leak down through the, um, the flash hole that yep. will you know, get moisture inside the breech plug too, which can cause the same thing. So uh, there's just a few different things to keep in mind when you're, when you're cleaning to help reduce the risk of that. I, I would say one quick thing is if it's not moisture that's in your breech plug or in your barrel, um, you could get carbon buildup in the flash mm, hole itself. Yeah. And so taking a nipple pick with you is like a key tool to have because mm -hmm. carbon buildup will happen no matter what. And so, um, yeah, that, that flash hole could be completely blocked. You just you know shove a nipple pick through there it'll break up that carbon and so you know once you do that it could go off too you know just got to take those steps yeah and that's the thing with muzzle loaders you know as as we learned there's just so many variables and it's, yeah. mm -hmm. there's a lot of moving parts and um it can it can really seem uh intimidating but when you lay it out in an organized way and you have the proper procedures in place it's really it's really manageable i mean mm -hmm. you're able to be safe you're able to be consistent and that's the whole goal of this podcast is hey here's the procedures um here's what we recommend in x y and z scenario so um yeah and you know we had a lot of a lot of guns out there uh at the radar range day that day mm -hmm. and uh what did we have we had the paramount uh we had the lyman great plains hunter mm -hmm. the wolf and the nitro fire um 
I think, oh, we had the CV Optima V2 pistol. Yes, um, yes. So we'll definitely be talking about that one just as like a little bonus, not necessarily a bigger inner muzzler or whatever, but it's just really fun. So <laughs> we will be talking about yeah. that. Um, but that kind of begs the question, what is a good muzzleloader to start with uh, when you are just wanting to get into muzzleloading? And I think that's a absolutely loaded question because <laughs> yeah. there's a million different ways you could go with it it really is going to come down to what you need to do and what muzzleloader is going to fit that application and we have a lot of uh, we've done on several podcasts about uh new muzzleloaders yeah. and stuff like that so there's a lot of information that we've already put out about that so uh, as far as in depth you can check out some of those also you can give these guys a call and yeah, they'll be do. happy to you know because it's going to be custom to your situation really giving them a call and saying this is what i want to do what should i be using and, and usually we will, you know, when I get asked that question, hey, what muzzleloader do I need? Okay, here's these 10 questions that yeah. I'm going to ask you first. To, okay, well, this is where you're hunting at. This is what you want to be shooting. You know, yeah. this is what state regulations you have. And so you can really dial it in that way too. Because yeah, like you said, there's so many variables that goes into what you need to be shooting, what's going to work best for you, because it's all subjective. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, just some options. I mean, there's there's basically there's lots of levels of muzzleloaders mm -hmm. there's like you know entry level mid level you know high level and then you know even beyond that sometimes mm -hmm. and there's lots of you know great muzzleloaders we talk about all the time all the manufacturers these days are making really high quality products that are usable and oh, yeah. excellent i mean even totally the entry agree. level muzzleloaders like you were saying the wolf i mean the wolf is outstanding and so is the you know traditions buckstalker the impact sb from thompson center i mean they all make a great products so you can't really go wrong that way the only difference is they they cater to different types of of audiences yeah. so like traditions they make a really lightweight muzzleloader with their chromoly steel and so you know if you're looking to do backcountry if you're looking to do things you know where you're going to be doing a lot of hiking mm -hmm. traditions really is a great option um and then cva they make really good muzzleloaders as well not quite as lightweight um but they have a lot of uh you know simplicity a lot of their muzzleloaders are convertible um so you can mm -hmm. convert from uh, 209 in Northwest. So if you're going to be doing different types of out of state hunting, mm -hmm. you know, there's just lots of different options out there. Yeah. So really it's going to come down to your specific situation, honestly. Um, but I do want to take a brief pause on the Optima V2 pistol and talk about that because that's, that's one of our most popular products. Yeah. And, um, so we wanted to give some information on that because we have a company one that we got to take out and shoot and uh, Colton got to shoot it. So what was your uh, impression of the Optima V2 pistol? Well, it uh, you know doesn't really feel like a pistol since you have to hold it with two hands. Well, you don't necessarily yeah. have to, but it was a lot more uh, comfortable to hold it that yeah. way. Uh, we were using the IMR White Hots when we were shooting it. So getting to use the getting to use a pelletized powder was uh, totally different for me because I had been loading the other muzzle loaders with <laughs> doing the the loose powder. So yeah. um you know, it was really enjoyable to shoot, and I know they are incredibly popular, as you're saying. It was accurate as yeah. well. We had the uh, the Vortex Red Dot on it, with uh, similar to the combo we offer on our website. Um, but getting to shoot that at the targets and the amount of power that it had, mm -hmm. and really not a whole lot of recoil, it was quite enjoyable. You know, mm -hmm. if, yeah. if if we had more time, I would have uh, kept shooting that probably the rest of the day. Yeah, it's it's a ton. Of, I mean, it's just really fun to shoot, and I think that's mm -hmm. you know when we look on Facebook and all that stuff, everyone, whenever we post about it, everyone's like, oh, it's just so much fun. You know, and it's like, really, yeah. that's, that's the best way to describe it. It's just a lot of fun to shoot. You can shoot it off of sandbags or you can shoot it offhand or, mm -hmm. you know, and it's just a ton of fun. So, um, 
I do want to talk about uh, different tips. And uh, Caleb, you can probably shed a lot of light on this. If someone's first getting into muzzleloading, what are some practical like tips and tricks that we recommend that will make their life a lot easier? Uh, as far as you know, whether it's you know pre-measuring powder or th- anything like that, like what are some things that come to mind? I, I would say um, one one thing I wanted to bring up was make sure you have an accurate assessment of what products you need at the range versus in a hunting scenario. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because oftentimes I have. Um, members of our community ask me and they're like, I just need all these things. I need this mm-hmm. gun with, with this, it, with it and all of this stuff. And it's like, well, really like, like take a step back. Like, do you really need this for a hunting scenario? And do you really need this for a range type scenario? Yeah. Um, and I'll give a specific example because it, it seems kind of vague, but it'll, it'll make sense. So, um, a lot of accessories you will only use at the range like a range rod, um, a lot of your cleaning stuff, like your jags, your brushes, everything that you would carry in your range bag, um, you will probably only use at the range. You know, people will expect that like, oh, I need all my jags, I need all my brushes, I need everything when I'm going hunting. It's like, Mm -hmm. realistically, you're going to get out of your truck, get out of your your tent, whatever. Um, You're going to load your muzzleloader um, and you're going to go out. And so it's like, you're going to get one shot on an animal if you see anything and you probably won't get a follow-up shot. But in the event that you do, there are a few accessories that you will need. Um, But a lot of that stuff does not transfer over. And so I think there's like this like urgency, like I need all of this stuff. And it's like, Mm -hmm. no, you can really pare back, you know, be smart on what you're taking out there. Um, And I I don't know, just kind of like that knowing of what you have versus what you need. Cause I think there's just a lot of, um, inconsistent information flowing out there. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think that there are some products that you absolutely do want to have for a range scenario. Yeah. And there's some products that you, you know, cause when you're hunting, you're wanting to keep things as light as possible, you know, cause you already have a bunch of stuff. You already have your backpack mm-hmm. full of all your survival gear, your jackets, your food, all that stuff. You don't want to have, you know, all this other stuff weighing you down, you know? And so we actually have a inline hunter kit here and I think we can just go through. Oh, Caleb. well, thank you. Thank you for grabbing that. Um, we'll go through it and we'll try and again, describe it as in great detail as possible for the podcast listeners, or always check out the video version on the YouTube channel. Um, but we just kind of want to go through this and we designed this. Uh, it's a kit that is of the design of our customer mm-hmm. service team and it's full of the products that are needed and all of them fit in a waste pack so you could put this little waste pack on your belt and uh, it's going to have everything in it that you need for a hunting scenario and obviously like caleb said range rods and uh, a lot of your more involved cleaning supplies Mm -hmm. are going to be needed at the range Um, but as far as hunting goes this is a great option Um, let's go ahead and open this up first you get this uh, uh, waste pack and uh, the first one in here is a breech brush. Um, this is not in any particular order because it is a smattering. It's just all random in there right <laughs> yeah. now. But um, so let's talk about this breech brush, Caleb. Uh, what do you what do you think about this? Well, that's that's for the breech thread. So you know if and this is this is not going to be more of like when you're in the heat of the moment, heat of the the hunt. This mm-hmm. is going to be hey, I have a little bit of downtime. Maybe you already took a shot and missed or or you hit whatever you know you can take that breech plug out of your cva or traditions muzzleloader thompson center run this through your breech threads your mm-hmm. internal breech threads and that's going to clear up a lot of blowback um any any well 
dirt, mud, it happens, yeah. you know, moisture, powder, anything in those breech threads, you need to make sure that that gets cleaned out of there. So when you put your breech plug back in, it creates that good seal. And one thing that comes to mind with this that I've used this for practically is uh, at the end of the day, if you have an inline, you need to empty out your powder, mm -hmm. you know, because we recommend changing out the powder yeah. at the end of each day. Whenever you open up that breech plug and let the powder spill out, you're going to get granules in the threads. And that's right. Uh, if there's any kind of grease, it is almost impossible to try and get those out with your fingers. And this brush is excellent for that. And it is actually really important and needed. And I've used it on several occasions. Mm -hmm. So definitely recommend that for, for those purposes. Uh, the next one we have, and this actually comes with three of these, um, but it's our, our four in one T loader. So uh, what do you guys think about this one? I, I think it's great. You know, it's a, a, kind of a multi-tool yeah. Swiss army knife kind of style where it has your powder measure on one side, it has your bullet storage on the other, um, but it also functions as a palm saver mm -hmm. um, as well as a bullet starter. Yeah. So it has all four of those tools built in. Um, I think this one really excels with with loose or pelletized powder because the, you know, the pellet's already pre-measured so you're not yeah. gonna be using the ticks on the side. But any loose powder, you know, you just fill it up to the line and it, it does a double function. It stores the powder as well as it measures it out for you. So th for those follow-up shots, these are crucial because you're not going to waste time measuring out your powder, mm -hmm. you know, finding, <laughs> wrestling around in your pockets for a bullet. You just pull out the speed loader, pop it open, dump the powder in, you know, flip it around, put the bullet in and, yeah. you know, you're, shove it down with your ramrod and you're you're good to go, so... Yeah, this is one of the most versatile tools. I mean, there's really no one tool that's going to do anything mm -hmm. in muzzle loading. But this, if I only had three that I could choose from, this would be one of the three, just because it's going to do a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. And there's so many different tasks that need to be done when you're muzzle loading. So um, when I was working in customer service, I would always recommend these because one, they're they're affordable. I mean, you can get a what are they, like four bucks a piece or whatever, yeah. and um, they're extremely versatile and it's going to save you a ton of time and space so um next in here so we have a an actual bullet starter and this is these function as a bullet starter in a pinch um mm -hmm. still recommend getting an actual bullet starter because yeah. a bullet starter gets actually a lot of use and a lot of wear and tear um and this bullet starter does also have a palm saver end on it so um really nice versatile tool that mm -hmm. i mean we always recommend bullet starters and so uh let's see have in here so we have oh go ahead oh i was just gonna say the the bullet starter that we have um th this one is a polymer bullet starter and so for all of those listening that can't actually see we actually have two loading jags or loading tips installed on mm -hmm. the the palms or on the bullet starter itself and so um, when you have those those more pointier ogived bullets the power mm -hmm. belt bullets or barns or or thor whatever um, you know, this is set up to, to load those without having to mar the ballistic tip or, or bend the hollow point or whatever, you know, you do want to make sure that the ballist, the bullet starting tips are on there too. Yeah. And it does, this kit does come with other yes. ones too. Like comes with hollow point ones too. And, um, this, we got hundred dry cleaning patches. Always going to need them. Enough said. I mean, there are <laughs> hundred dry cleaning patches. Definitely recommend cleaning patches. That's something that if you're first getting into it, you're going to need them. Uh, some people make their own. Uh, mm -hmm. To me, it's not worth the hassle. You may as well, they're, you know, may as well just get some and they're, you know, they're, <laughs> yeah. they're not very expensive. Colton, this is one that we were talking pre-show about mm -hmm. uh, as a nipple pick. And it's one that you think is, is one of the most important. And I agree. I think this would probably be in my top three 
um, if I could only pick three tools, this would be in it. Um, why don't you say, you know, kind of explain why that is? Yeah. After experiencing my, my hang fire in that <clears throat> Lyman uh, percussion rifle, you know, that was what saved the day. Yeah. Being able to push through the grit, uh, grit that had happened in the fire channel and, and get it to ignite. Mm-hmm. I needed that. If I was yeah. in the field and didn't have that, I'd have been, I'd have been headed to camp or headed home. Yeah, I would exactly. <laughs> maybe a stick but you know if that breaks <laughs> off in there then then that's a bad situation too so exactly uh, yep. you know being able to to clean into the stuff that i can't get in with that tool mm-hmm. i would that's in the top three as yeah. you've said absolutely i agree and uh, also to keep in mind this is the inline hunter kit we do have another one that is specifically focused on side locks as mm-hmm. a slightly different tools um so check that one out because there are going to be different recommendations if you're going to be using a side lock, like uh, a nipple wrench is in there. Yeah. Um, one you definitely need. And that's one that's not included in here. And we actually have a universal nipple wrench that has a nipple pick in it as well as it being. So really with these tools, we were looking for versatility, things that are going to be your Swiss army knife of, yep. of muzzle loading. Cause you only have so much space you want to be taking up. Um, so there's a couple, there's a couple left here. We have our, uh, just a regular four inch cleaning jag. Um, pretty easy it has knurled ends that are going to allow you to grip the patch and clean pretty and, pretty simple and a lot of times you know a little spiel on on ramrods any factory ramrod you get with a modern inline muzzleloader are going to be three inches shorter than the entire length of the barrel yes that's intentional um but if you did want to if you're out in the field you know and you need to clean through the entire length of your barrel it is wise to have this extender on there because mm-hmm. um, you will be able to fully go from breech to to breech plug or sorry muzzle to breech plug um, and be able to clean everything effectively. Yeah, and that's a question that we get a lot in customer service too. Is you know they get it and they drop their ramrod down the barrel and it drops in the barrel this much. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, my ramrod's too short. That's not the case. Once you put powder and your bullet in there, it's going to be just right. So yep, um, no no concern there. But when you are going to clean with it, you're going to want that four inch extender. Yes, um, this is a multi tool. It's a breech multi-tool uh the name is escaping me for some reason but it what it has is it has a decapper it has a traditions breech plug wrench and it has this end that functions as a flathead screwdriver so um you can completely disassemble most modern inlines with just this one tool so mm-hmm. if you have some kind of problem uh you know a cva you can remove the firing pin uh you can get you know, the barrel off of there like this tool will do pretty much everything you need uh again a swiss army knife type tool mm-hmm. so um, really good tools. These are like the necessities for hunting. Uh, what are some of the, the accessories that you guys would recommend for like, just in general for like a range day? Um, you know, if somebody's just, I, I need everything I need, what do I need? Well, I'd get started with a bag for sure. Having a bag to set everything in for the range is going to be really handy. And as you said earlier, keeping it organized is going to make you more efficient mm-hmm. uh, to get more training in when you do go visit the range and <laughs> less fumbling full of uh, parts. So getting started with a bag, I think is really important. Uh, and then, you know, I think some of the, um, pre-soaked cleaning patches are extremely handy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I noticed that on our range day, we were soaking our patches uh, out in the open and it was a sunny day and pretty soon they were evaporating back yep. to, back to <laughs> <Yeah>. dry patches. <laughs> so having a container to keep something, uh, you know, enclosed or pre-soaked was mm-hmm. really handy, but I wouldn't want to carry that around in a hunting situation. I would rather yeah. you know, mm-hmm. have it for the range. Mm-hmm. 
And there's just certain things because in a hunting situation, like Caleb said, you're not going to be taking tons of shots. Yeah. Uh, but in a range day, you could be going 15, 30, you know, who knows how many shots you're going to take. So you need to have all your cl- cleaning supplies. And there's certain things that just make your life a lot easier, like a range rod, you yeah. know, um, because now you're not using up the life that is on your field rod. Um, because some field rods, like, you know, if you're a traditional muzzleloaders oftentimes come with a wooden field rod. Mm-hmm. So you're, they only have so much life on them and you want to make sure you're using those, uh, when you need them. And we make, you know, brass range rods that are going to be more durable and yeah. for the long term of heavy range use. Well, and I, I like that the range rods, like you said, they're, they're a lot sturdier, but they're usually really long too. So yeah. you mm-hmm. put an extension jag and you just keep that range rod beside you. Mm-hmm. I actually, when I'm on the range, don't use the the factory ramrod that comes with my gun because I'm only going to be using that in a second chance shot scenario. And so I already know it's already three inches, three inches shorter than the barrel length anyway. So if I have my range rod, you know, that's already going to be longer than my barrel. It's going to be set up with a cleaning jag or a brush. And yeah, that's, that's my go-to range accessory is, is the range rod for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So, and pretty much we always break up muzzle loading supplies mm-hmm. into three different categories so you have your cleaning you have your loading and then you have your propellant slash projectile mm-hmm. so uh you know to kind of go through you want to have the necessities so you know really your necessities are a brass brush of some kind patches uh some kind of solvent and a cleaning jag for your cleaning supplies like those are necessities mm-hmm. Um, ideally you'd have a range rod, but again, you can use your, your field rod. So that's a decision you can make on your own, um, for the loading things. That's going to come down a lot to whether you're using loose or pelletized powder, Mm -hmm. uh, for pelletized powder, it's really easy because you don't have to worry about measuring it out. Um, so, I mean, you can, you could get by with next to nothing for loading supplies. I mean, a, (laughs) a bullet starter would be one that you would want. Um, and, but really that's the only thing that's absolutely necessary. Uh, there's speed clips, like the speed, the, they have like the little caddy and you put the speed clips in there. I Mm -hmm. really recommend those. Um, but, uh, again, game time decision for you guys. Yeah. And then, uh, the, then the bullet and powder, that's going to be massively, up to your own discretion. I mean, there's yeah. there's so many yeah. different types out there. Uh, for people just getting started, I really do recommend pelletized powder if you're in a state that allows it because, it's, yeah. one, it's going to save you money on the loading supplies on the front end, and you're going to get pretty much equal performance out of it right away, um, and it's going to be faster to load, easier to work with. So that's a, that's those are just kind of things that I go through, and Caleb, I'm sure, is, is the customer service manager. You have a lot of other insight, too. Yeah, I have a couple of products that I I do want to mention. One that's very easily overlooked is anti-seize or breech plug grease, um, which is usually coated on the threads of your breech plug. And that's going to protect the threads. It's going to create that that perfect seal um, so you don't get blowback, um, which inevitably Mm -hmm. happens. But at least, you know, if you do get blowback, it can be hard to remove that breech plug. Breech plug grease, you know, totally just slicks up the thread so you can easily remove it for cleaning or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that would, I think would be a, a necessary tool to have is, is some form of breech plug grease. One caveat to that, to that is that you just put a tiny dab on your, on your breech plug threads. Mm-hmm. Um, cause it'll thread in and that will evenly coat the threads. I actually put too much breech plug grease on once and it did the exact opposite. It, it bound the, the breech mm-hmm. plug up completely. So you literally just want to put a tiny dab of that on there. Yeah. Um, I think another one to mention, which isn't not necessarily 
um, necessary, um, <laughs> but it's a really cool tool to have is um, the breech plug cleaning brush. I know Thompson Center makes makes one, um, and we also make one too. I call it the donut brush. It mm -hmm. actually looks like a battery terminal cleaner, very similar to, to one of those, but it basically it will clean the threads of your breech plug mm -hmm. more thoroughly, thoroughly than anything that I've ever used outside of it. Yeah. And so you can actually kind of twist it on with the threads, you know, twist it off and it will, yeah, just clean every nook and cranny of your breech plug. Yeah. It's a great idea. And uh, those, thanks for not forgetting anti-seize because yeah. <laughs> I always forget anti-seize for some reason. It's just like, it's in that dark corner of my mind that I never, that I never think about. Um, <laughs> uh, so Colton, I know you said you had something you wanted to say too. Um, yeah. So, you know, the more I get to experience the muzzleloader community and I get to talk with people on the phone and customer service, I have been amazed actually by the, the ingenuity that kind of follows the muzzleloader community. Mm. Uh, when a problem arises and it needs solved, man, the muzzleloader community can come up with all sorts of different ways to get it solved. And you don't necessarily need to buy the exact tool for the job. While it does help you in a lot of situations, you know, I've seen photos of people using leaves as a patch for the ball. <laughs> yeah. <You> know, it's, <laughs> people make it work one way or another. Yeah. And, and I really admire that about the yeah. muzzle loader community. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Not that we would recommend doing something like that, but <laughs> no. it is, it is interesting to see like, Problem solving is something that is, it is, you're right, like really, you know, it, it's necessary for life in general, but especially muzzle loading because, you know, sometimes you get a, you know, you're, you get a dry ball. Sometimes yeah. you have to figure out how you're going to do that, you know, and yeah. um, it's really nice to have people. That's one thing that I absolutely, you know, kind of one of our last tips here and one of our last little nuggets of, of wisdom. Uh, if you're going to be muzzle loading, it's really good to find somebody that is experienced and it's good to glean information from them because mm -hmm. it's hard. I mean, you can always figure it out on your own. We're always here to help you, but we're not there. You know, we're not next to you with you. You know, it's really good to find somebody. If you have somebody that's like, Hey, I want, I'm wanting to get into this. You have experience. Show me how to do it. You know? Yeah, and right. because there's little tips and tricks, like, you know, I worked in customer service for a long time um, but there was tips and tricks that I didn't learn until I, you know, had somebody that was really experienced mm -hmm. show me and teach me. It's yeah. like, oh, that makes complete sense. You know, those little problem solving things. So absolutely, definitely yeah. recommend finding a mentor for sure. Um, Caleb, why don't you go ahead and do our tech tip of the day? Because yep. this is a question that you fielded many times over <laughs> the years. Um, yes. And, you know, this whole thing has kind of been a tech tip, but yep. we'll have a specific tech tip of the day. So. Um, yeah, so the question would be, can you leave your muzzleloader loaded overnight? Mm -hmm. Well, you can, um, <laughs> whether or not that's good or not. Um, I, I always recommend to not. Yeah. Never leave your muzzleloader loaded overnight. The biggest reason is you don't know what is happening inside your barrel with it still being loaded. Mm -hmm. You know, the biggest thing is moisture can creep into anywhere you know, if if you're leaving your gun in a place where it's humid or damp or in your truck or wherever, you know, the integrity of the powder can get, can be, can be compromised. You're right. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, you don't want to be like, oh, left it loaded. You know, you have a cold barrel. Um, your powder could be moist. You know, 
mm-hmm. a bunch of stuff and you go and oh there's that once in a lifetime bull elk or deer or whatever and you mm-hmm. pull the trigger and there's a hang fire because your powder's wet mm-hmm. um if you're if you're loading your gun every morning or every time you go back out you know what you're putting in there you're putting in fresh powder you're putting in a fresh bullet a uh, fresh primer or cap um and powder is corrosive anyway so it's like do you want to leave your powder in your barrel you know it's just overnight so that's what a lot of people say it's just overnight but it's so corrosive like why even take the chance of any pitting or corrosion starting Mm -hmm. you know in that time so i just think it's better safe than sorry just get a fresh powder charge in there every morning Uh, you can use the same bullet you know if you haven't shot the bullet just push the bullet out through the breech if you're using a break action and you can you know you can reuse that so yeah another thing i've had happen too is people say oh you know they'll They'll take it and they'll go home or whatever and like, ah, mm-hmm. you know, I'll, I'll do it tomorrow or whatever. And then the next season rolls around. It's like, oh man, I never did that. And then yeah. they've left their, you know, so it's like, it's better just with the recency in your mind, like just, just to do it, you know, and yeah. that way no accidents happen. And and tying it back to our range day where it's like safety is so important. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're getting into that routine where it's like you left your powder charge in your gun overnight, but in the morning you're like, ha, I took that powder charge out. Then you're double loading your gun. Mm-hmm. And you don't even realize it. And that is extremely dangerous. So yeah. just make sure that, yeah, you are being on top of the safety. Um, if you're cleaning out your muzzleloader every night when you get back from your hunt or from the range or whatever, then you're just going to, you know, boost the longevity of your rifle anyway. Yeah. So. Yeah. So it's really, it's a good idea to just yeah. do that. Um, so I think that's about it for today. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of stuff that, you know, could be covered. If you guys have any questions, yeah. go ahead and give our customer service team a call. Uh, the phone number will be playing right after this video, and uh, you'll talk to probably one of these guys or Hunter, who's been on the podcast, uh, and happy to walk you through it. So uh, remember, shoot straight, shoot often, and have a blessed week, everybody.